let's pray and jump into it. We're, we're still on our Back to Basics uh, series. This is part 10, but we're going to take a break from our worship sub-series, and I'm going to talk about water baptism today because we're having our first, uh, here at the clock, first water baptism service this afternoon at Sam and Julia's house. So, wow, it's going to be fun. And uh, so I want to teach a little bit on water baptism. Is that all right? Yep. All right, let's pray and jump into it. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you for the anointing and giving me utterance. Father, I thank you that you, uh, everyone has ears to hear and that you give them a spirit of wisdom and revealed knowledge of you and your word. And I thank you, Father, for enlightening the eyes of our understanding that we can see things clearly in the scripture and for all the good that will do in advance when we get a hold of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, water baptism. I want to start out here in Hebrews 6. I'm going to go to Hebrews 6 and verse 1. And uh, there's all kind of, before we even start reading that, you know, there's a lot of scriptures on baptism and baptizing, and, and they're, they can be very confusing because they look like they conflict each other on the surface. If you look at because it, because Jesus said, if you just believe, He said in John 3.16, what did He say? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him should have everlasting life. But then He said... Oh, well, if you believe and are baptized, then you're saved. In Mark 16, right? So that seems like that's both words out of of Jesus' mouth. Well, doesn't that sound like it's conflicting? Because first you just said all I had to do was believe and I had eternal life, and now I'm seeing that I have to believe and be baptized to be saved. You ever wonder that? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. There's something going on here. Red flag should go off. Right, so... And, and, and not to take shots at anybody, you know, ministers, but you know what? Because they never took the time to ask God, hey, what's that mean? They just kind of gloss over it and lump it all in together, and, and then we just kind of muddle around in the mud and the dark, and, and it doesn't help anybody. So then I have questions like, even Drew asked me, does, well, does that mean that I have to, you know, be baptized to go to heaven? And that, that's a legitimate question, because he, I mean, here he is, he's looking in the Word, and I'm like, no, baby. So we're going to teach on what this, this whole thing about baptism is, okay? Hebrews 6 and verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, he's going to tell us what the principles, the very foundational principles are of Christ. We're not going to lay the foundation of these again, he's saying, hopefully. But here they are. The repentance from dead works. We all know what that is. We repent from dead works. You know, doing your checklist don't get you into heaven. Right? And, and, but, but what? Faith towards God. That's just believing and you're born again. Of the doctrine of baptisms. Did you see there's an S on the end of that? Baptism. Well, that means there's more than one baptism. Okay. Well, if there's more than one baptism, maybe that'll clear up some of these verses that look like they're conflicting. But see, we never talk about that. Then there's the other laying on of hands and the resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. Now listen, before we even get into this, we need to know what the word baptize means in the Greek, don't you think? Because it's a Greek word, baptismo. Well, what does that mean? So here's the next one, man, to go to this one. Here it is out of the Greek. It means to immerse to submerge and overwhelm. Now, I put up there, because this is, this is a word that is used in the Greek cookbooks. If you're emerald and you're Greek from back in the day, if you're going to pickle something, we call it baptized. Now, I brought this little jar of pickles up here so you guys can see. When you see the word baptized, I want you to think pickles. Now, you're thinking about pickles? Sammy, you can have one here in a minute. I'll let you eat one. What happened? I got a jar of pickles for everybody who's on CD. It, these are, this is kosher dill. Well, we got the holy pickle. Now, listen, this is baptized. I want you to think, whenever you see the word baptized, you think pickled. I mean, no, these were cucumbers when they went in here. Are they cucumbers now? What are they? 
pickles. Did they change? Yeah. It, they changed. You know what happened? You know, my mother-in-law makes this great thing with cucumbers, just regular cucumbers, and she puts vinegar on them. It's a great salad. It's got some onions and tomatoes in there. That's good stuff. That, you know, that ain't pickles. Those cucumbers, they did not get baptized. They were immersed in vinegar, but they had not been changed or overwhelmed. These cucumbers right here, we put them in here, and they stayed in this vinegar and this dill until they were changed. They're immersed, submerged, and then they became overwhelmed. They don't taste like cucumbers anymore. They taste like the vinegar and the dill that they've been marinating in. This is baptized. This is different than what your, what, that water baptism. Water baptism is not being baptized, is it? Could, could, if you're submerged and overwhelmed... What water baptism, you're like that cucumber salad that my mother-in-law made. You're in and you're out. Bloop, bloop, you're dipped. You ain't baptized. Water baptism is different than baptized. Do y'all follow this? When you're baptized, you are changed. Your flavor is a different flavor than it was when it went in. It ain't even crunchy like it was soft now. Do you understand? Think pickles. Baptized means pickled. I'm pickled. Pickled. All right? I'm going to set this right over here. Sammy, if you want one, you just come up and get one, man. It's all right. Right there. And, 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 oh, we got this from... Yeah, and this is Whole Foods brand. This is Covenant Foods brand pickles. Right Shout out to all the Whole Foods people. Okay, all right. Now, let, that word baptismal is actually used in Greek cookbooks and recipes to pickle vegetables. That's the word they use. Okay? So... Now let's go to Galatians 3. We might get this through, through this pretty fast. Yeah, not likely. All right, so Galatians 3 and verse 26. It says, For you all are children of God by how? Faith in Christ Jesus. And then it says this in the English. It says, For as many of you as have been baptized. But I put it up there on the screen. That's what it says in the Greek. It says, For whosoever has been baptized into Christ has put on Christ. Whoever's been pickled into Christ has put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. And what? And if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, is he talking about water baptism here? No, he's talking about when you get born again, you immerse yourself and you're submerged into Christ. That's, your, that's being baptized. So in this sense, when you look at this verse, he's talking about you getting born again. When you're born again, you're immersed into Christ. Now, I'm going to come back over here to my jar of pickles. Is that all right? See all this stuff, the vinegar and the dill and all that? That's Christ. This jar is like the body of Christ. When you jump in as a cucumber, now you're part of the body. You've immersed yourself into the vinegar and the dill. That's what happens when you get born again. Bloop, you jump in. Did these things jump out? Not once you're a pickle, can you stop being a pickle? Can this thing go back to being a cucumber? Once you're born again, can you be unborn again? No. Once you're born physically, can you stop being? Can you be unborn? No. no. So all this, oh, I once saved, I said, remember all that, oh, eternal security. No. Once you're born again, you're born. Once you're a pickle, you're a pickle. You can't go back. I mean, if this pickle decided I want, I don't want to be a pickle anymore. I want to be a jalapeno, and it jumped into, would it change and make it a jalapeno? No. It doesn't matter. Once he's already, once you're already in the, in the sauce and you're pickle, you're, you're a pickle. You, you, you understand? That's what this is talking about: being born again. Not talking about water baptism. Because if you read it on the English, it says, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. Well, if I didn't get water baptized, does that mean I didn't put on Christ? I'm not part of the body? No, it's not saying that at all. Okay? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. 
in verse 13. It says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Did He say for by one pool or one lake or one body of water we were baptized into one body? How were you baptized into the body? By the Spirit. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into one Spirit. How many know these pickles drank all that vinegar and dill in? Follow me? Not talking about water baptism here. Talking about being born again here. See, the doctrine of baptisms. There are several different baptisms, teachings on baptisms that go on in the Bible. This is not water baptism. This isn't baptism with the Holy Spirit. This is being born again into the body. Alright, so let's go to the next one, Ephesians 4. There is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Hold the phone, Andrew. I thought you said there was a doctrine of baptisms, plural. Now you're telling me there's only one baptism? Yeah, there's only one way to get immersed. There's only one immersion. Once you're born again, you're in. Once we throw them in here and we shut the jar, and then that's it. There's one, one baptism into the body. One Lord. One, one. You don't get to get born again, 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 and again, again, and again. Every time you mess up, you don't got to get born again, again, again. Do you understand? Once you're in, you're in. Now, the longer you're in here, the, the, more, the better pickle you'll be. I mean, when you first get in, are you automatically like the pickle that's been in here all that time? No, you're still crunchy. But there's a, you jump in, you're in. And there's no other way in than when you get born again. That's one baptism. One, one time are you born again. Do you follow me? Not saved. Did you follow me? Saved means you're physically rescued. has nothing to do with your spirit. Baptism, what he's talking about here, one baptism, your spirit drank in the, the Holy Spirit, your spirit mixed with the Holy Spirit, now you're in. Body of Christ. You got that? Nothing to do with being dunked or sprinkled or any of that. Spit on, whatever. Well, whatever your brand of what water baptism is. All right, we all follow that. Okay, because we had to lay that down. Now we're going to get to the other one. We're going to knock out all the other baptisms that we talk about quick, and then we'll get into what water baptism is. Is that all right? Okay, so Matthew 3 and verse 11. This is John the Baptist talking. And this is when Jesus is coming down there. And Jesus is going to be water baptized by John. And what he is, John the Baptist, he said, Indeed, I baptize you with water unto repentance. Now, well, wait a minute. Do we have to do that to repent? No, all you have to do is what? Confess and believe. Right? You know, acknowledge your sins. Hey, God, I'm a sinner. I, need, I accept Jesus' sacrifice. Remember, faith unto God. I stopped doing my checklist. How many know, if you had to get in the water and get dunked, that's part of dead works? Because you had to do something to get immersed? So you don't got to do that. Why did they do it then? Because John's the forerunner. This is before Jesus came. He says, I baptize you with water under repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. Who's that? Now, does Jesus baptize with water? Does Jesus baptize with water? No. Well, who's Jesus baptized? He shall baptize you with what? The Holy Ghost and fire. Uh Uh-oh. So now we have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. That's who Jesus baptizes with. He don't do water baptism. 
Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire is opposite of water. So here's another baptism. It's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Turn over to Acts 1 and verse 5. Now this is Jesus. read in my Bible. This is Jesus talking right before He goes up into heaven and ascends the last time. And He's telling all His disciples, the 120, to just wait. And He says this, For John truly baptized with water. Now y'all should go get baptized with water. Is that what it says? No. He says, But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost not many days hence. I want to tell you, this will mess with your religious thinking. Jesus never at any time commanded any man to be, or woman to be baptized with water. What did Jesus command us to be baptized with? The Holy Spirit. Because that's where power comes from. See, but the body of Christ, we put all this emphasis on water baptism. Like that's the magic pill. Jesus never said be water baptized. He said, John baptized with water. I baptized with the Holy Ghost. He said, that's old school. Here's new school. Now you'd be like, oh, Andrew's knocking water baptism. We'll get to it. Relax. You know I'll get there. Y'all start freaking out. Well, let's take a side journey real quick before y'all like throw me under the bus. Heretic! Heretic! Burn him! Burn him! No. Let's go, let's go over to Acts 10. Y'all look it up on your esword.net. It's fine if you can find Jesus telling anybody to be water baptized. Alright, so uh, Acts chapter 10. Now this is where Peter went to... Uh, remember Peter had that vision and he's up on the top of the house and all these unclean things came down and, and, and God told him, rise, kill, and eat. He said, no, not me, it's unclean. What he's telling him is, I'm fixing to let this thing go loose to the Gentiles. It ain't just for Jews. This whole being born again, being baptized, immersed, pickled. I'm going to make that available to everybody. And uh, so, uh, you know, that kind of tore some religious people out of the frame. Because it's an exclusive club. Can't let other people in on that. Can we? Heck no. What, are you kidding me? All right, so let's go to verse 30. And uh, this is Cornelius. He, Peter's there. He went to Cornelius' house, and he's going to tell... I'm going to start here because it recaps the story. So we don't have to read the whole thing. Okay. So, and Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour... That's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I prayed in my house. So he ain't eating nothing until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He's praying. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer is heard, and your alms are in, had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodged in the house of one Simon the tanner by the seaside, who when he comes shall speak unto thee. And immediately therefore I sent people to thee, and you came, well done that thou art to come. Good job. I'm glad you came. Now, therefore, here we all are present before God to hear all things that are commanded of thee of God. So they went and they sent for Peter. Peter came. He said, thanks for coming. Now, give me the, tell me what's going on. Because what happened was an angel showed up and said, go get Peter. He'll answer all your questions. He said, so Peter came. He said, all right, answer up. So then Peter opened his mouth in verse 34 and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Well, I have so good of you, Peter. How I many you know he could have blew the whole thing right there if he decided, nah, this is just for Jews only. You and me might have had a hard time getting pickled. Okay, so, but, but every, in every nation, he that feareth him and works righteousness is accepted with him. And the word of God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, 
which you have published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. When did it all start? After the baptism of John. That's when Jesus' ministry started was after He was baptized with water by John. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Now, you know what happened after Jesus came up out of that water? He was baptized with the Holy Spirit because that's when He got power. That's why it started. Who went about doing good. Y'all know your good list? Jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil for God was with Him. And we are witnesses of all things which He did both in the land of the Jews in Jerusalem and whom they slew and hung on a tree. And God raised Him up the third day and showed Him openly. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before God, even to us, who did eat and drink with Him after He rose from the dead. And He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is He which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick of the dead. To Him give all the prophets witness. Through His name whosoever believeth in Him shall have remission of sins. That's Peter's evangelistic message. You ain't never heard of Jesus or any of that stuff, and you're just, I mean, Cornelius is just an Italian guy. He's going after God, but he's not religious. He's not a Jew. I'm thinking, this guy's from the X-Files. Okay, dude died, rose from the dead, and you're having lunch with him? Hmm. That's got to be a Fox show or UPN. You know, none of the respectable networks would put that on. Back then, you know. So in verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which had heard the word. And they which of the circumcision, that's the religious folks, the Jews, which believed were astonished. (gasps) As many as came with Peter, because to the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God. What happened was while they were sitting there, they believed and jumped in and got born again. Did they say any little prayer? They didn't do nothing but believe while they're sitting there. They're hearing this. They got born again the second that they believed. Then God really blew all these religious people out of the box because then they were immediately baptized with the Holy Ghost. And they weren't baptized with water. What are you kidding me? And they didn't even say a little sinner's prayer. Oh, this just ain't right. That's why they were astonished. Speaking in tongues. Are you kidding me? These guys are just all ripped up. So then Peter says in verse 47, Can any man forbid water that they should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Now how do you know, Andrew, that when the Holy Ghost fell and they started speaking in tongues, that was baptism of the Holy Ghost? Because just look over here in chapter 11. Because Peter's explaining it to the religious council. Now he's got to go back and tell them what happened. And uh, it says in verse 15, this is uh, chapter 11, Acts, Peter's talking. He says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us at the beginning, and then I remembered the word of the Lord that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That had to be baptism of the Holy Ghost. Peter got it. Jesus said it. So now, who did they baptize? Water baptize in the name of who? The Lord Jesus. They didn't baptize in the name of well, I'm going to mess you, we're going to get ahead of ourselves. But they didn't baptize anywhere you look at water baptism, they baptized in the name of Jesus. They didn't baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Anywhere that they water baptize, they only baptize in the name of Jesus. You know, there's like whole denominational splits that are, oh, we only baptize in the name of Jesus. They're right, even though they're kooks. Well, how's that work? Well, because they've made their whole little doctrine about that. Instead of figuring out, really, they're just, no, you're wrong, no, I'm wrong, no, you're wrong, no, we're, you know. How about you just find out what the Word says and we'll believe that one? 
instead of making a whole you know, denomination out of it. All right, while we're looking at that, let's uh, come on over here to uh, Acts 19. I'll show you. This kind of coincides with that. Acts 19 and verse 1. It says, It came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. And he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto them, We have not even heard so much as whether there be a Holy Ghost. And then he says, Well, unto... What then were you baptized? He said, under John's baptism. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying that people should believe on the one that came after him, that is on Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in who? The name of who? Lord Jesus Christ. And so then when Paul laid his hands on them, then the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So there's three things happened. They believed. Then they, this time they were water baptized first, baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them and they were baptized with the Holy Ghost. So all these three things, they should happen all right around the same time. We've got it all spread out all over six ways to Sunday and halfway to, you know, Nebraska. Water baptism, who'd they baptize in the name of? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. So now let's go to our water baptism. That was baptism of the Holy Spirit. Water baptism. Go to the next one for me, Manny. This is, this is actually what water baptism is out of the Greek lexicon. And they said it pretty good, so I didn't even change it. They said it's immersion in water. Now, this isn't being pickled in water. This is dipped. You, you understand? This is dipped because if you were pickled, I mean, no, EMS would probably, or uh, actually the police would take me away if I immersed you in water and pickled you in the pool today. <laughs> We'd have ten people that are just drowned. You, you understand the difference? All right, so this is dipped. You're dipped in the water, immersed in water. As commanded by Christ. Now they say it's as commanded by Christ, but Christ never commanded that. So I should have changed that, but I didn't. By which one, after confessing his sins and professing his faith in Christ, look at this, having been born again by the Holy Spirit unto a new life. So the new life's already in you, right? Then here's here's the whole thing of what water baptism is. It identifies you publicly as a disciple of Christ and fellowship with the church. What you're saying now, see, in modern times we have people who have an altar call to come down here so people could, you know, publicly say that I accepted Jesus. That's not what the new that's not what the New Testament church did. They didn't have altar calls. Because people were getting born again right in their seat. So what they did for the people that wanted to publicly say, I'm now a follower of Christ, they were water baptized. And that they were fellowshipping with the body. That means they went to church. There's a lot of people out there that have been water baptized. They ain't hooked up to a local body. Guess what? You're in disobedience. You ain't, you, you're not doing what you said you were going to do when you were water baptized. Which was one, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm his, you know what disciple means? It's a disciplined one. One who willingly is obedient of whatever his master tells him to do. That's a disciple. Because you know, if, it, if you weren't willing, guess what? You're not a disciple anymore. You're a slave. When you get water baptized, which you're telling in front of all of God and people and everybody, heaven and earth, you're saying, I willingly am going to be obedient to Christ and I'm going to fellowship with His body. Because the body is this jar with all the other pickles in here and the vinegar and the dill. It, don't, you, don't you get water baptized and then try and jump out the jar. Y'all following that? 
So it's not, it's not the magic pill, but what it is, nothing really you know, spooky happens or nothing really spiritual happens. What you're doing is setting the course of your life to be a disciple. You're saying, I'm going to be willing and obedient to my Master and I'm going to fellowship with all the other of His body because now I'm immersed in the body. How many know, if you're immersed in the body, you're a finger, my finger has to fellowship with the rest of my body. You can't not. It's like, no, I know, I'll just cut it off with a table saw and throw it out. That's stupid. That's what happens when you water baptize and you cut yourself off from the body. You're just a dead appendage. Now let's go over here to Acts uh, 8 real quick. Acts 8 and verse 5. Sorry, we just read a story. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Who did them? Philip. Yeah. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies that were lame were healed. Did he say all of them were healed? Many. And when Jesus did it, all were healed. Because Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. We have the Holy Spirit without measure as a body together. As an individual, you don't. You only have a measure of the Holy Spirit. And there was great joy in that city. And there came a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving that he was some great one. Okay, so he's the original Miss Cleo, only he was like the male version. He probably had his own 1-900 numbers all set up, right? www.simonthegreat.com We take MasterCard and Visa. Okay. To whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest. Even the mayor and the city council thought this guy was... Saying, this man is a great power of God. And to him, they had regard, because of that long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God... In the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. That's water baptism right here. Now, then Simon himself believed also. Oh, did you notice that? Simon, the sorcerer guy, he got born again. And he was also baptized. And he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and the signs which were done. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them who were come down to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet He was not fallen upon them, only they were baptized in what? The name of the what? Lord Jesus. So then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying, hands of the hand, laying on the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power that whosoever I may lay my hands on may receive the Holy Ghost. And Peter said unto him, Oh, no, that's only for the apostles. Is that what he said? No. No, no, this is going to die out as soon as we're dead. You, you ain't what? You, you are, you're bad. You can't have this. No, what did he say? He said, your money perished with you because you thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Whole different issue. He said, thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Why didn't he have part or lot with the matter of being ba- uh, baptizing people with the Holy Ghost? Why? Because his heart wasn't right. So what that tells me is if your heart's right, you can lay hands on somebody and they can be baptized with the Holy Ghost because who's the one that does the baptizing anyway? 
Jesus, because He's the one that baptizes with the Holy Ghost and fire. He said, Repent therefore of this wickedness and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Now this is a guy that's already pickled. He believed, he was born again, and he was baptized with water. He's in the jar. What does that tell me? He's a new pickle. He's still that cucumber. Crunchy on He don't know. He really didn't know. He didn't have really any teaching on that. He got born again like two days ago, saw something cool that was, you know, out of his past life. That's supernatural. That's what he dealt with. Hey, how do I get that? Then, he, then answered Simon and said, Pray to the Lord that none of these things will be done to me that you have spoken upon me, that they'll come on me. And when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages. Now, watch this in verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south in the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is in the desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure. Ha! Well, isn't that cool God to hook him up with the guy that's holding all the money? Yep. So he's the treasury secretary of Ethiopia. And he'd come to Jerusalem to worship. And was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah, which is uh, Isaiah, the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to his chariot. So Philip ran thither and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And then he said, Understand what you read? He said, How can I except some man guide me? So he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before the shearer, so he opened out his mouth. Who's he talking about? Who's that scripture talking about? Jesus. This guy had no clue who he was talking about because look what he said. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken from him. And who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet, himself or another. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they were on their way, they came to a certain body of water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, what's the only requirement for him to be baptized? Here it is. Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. So baptism is all your... Here's water baptism. I'm telling everybody on the planet, all the angels in heaven, the Father, all the devils of hell, I'm a disciple, not a slave. I'm willingly going to be obedient to my Master, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to fellowship with His body. Blip, 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 blip. And there it is. You're publicly declaring, I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to be Jesus' Padawan. For all you Star Wars fans. Right? On the road to being... But there's something else that happens. There's something that happens behind the scenes when you do this. That there's something huge that happens when you do it. Turn over to Matthew 10. I've got this up on the screen, I think, man. Matthew 10 and verse 32. This is Jesus talking. And He says this, Whosoever therefore shall confess... Now, the word confess actually just means in the Greek acknowledge. Acknowledge. See, we think confessing means you jump in this little booth and you say all the stuff you did. No, all it means is you acknowledge 
Did you confess to the crime? You're just acknowledging. You know, that's all the So Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall acknowledge me before men, him will I acknowledge or confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Now, what was water baptism again? When you're telling everybody that I'm Jesus' guy or gal. I'm going to be his disciple. He said, when you do that before men, I do that before my Father in heaven. That's a way bigger deal than any of whatever we're thinking it was. He said, whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny also before my Father which is in heaven. There ain't no closet Christian. Oh, my face of private faith. Wrong. If your face private, guess what? Your name ain't on Jesus' lips to the Father. Then you wonder why your life is junk. Let's go look at some scriptures here. Is that all right if we look a couple? Go to Revelation 1. Revelation 1 and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. What do witnesses do? They testify. Who's the judge? Y'all remember this from Rules of Righteousness? God the Father is the judge. Satan is the prosecuting attorney. Jesus is our defense attorney. Every day God holds court and Satan's up there saying, Nah, nah, you know what they did. You can't bless them. And Jesus says, what? Matthew 10. Oh no, they, they, they're my disciple. Now, I talked about this when uh, Abraham and Isaac were up on the mountain. And Abraham's knife is coming down on Isaac. It said they captured it in an image. Do you all remember that from Covenant for Dummies? That was evidence. They put that tape in the vault so they could show that at the end of the big trial of what the covenant is. No, I could give Jesus because Abraham gave me Isaac. Here's the tape. When you get water baptism, when you guys get baptized today, heaven will have their little videotapes out there and their DVD and all the cameras, and they're going to capture in an image you guys getting water baptized. Do you understand? That tape will not go into the vault. It'll go right here on the table, the defense attorney's table, and it'll be in the DVD player. And every time in your life that you come up against something and you say, Lord, Jesus, help me, he goes into court and he plays the DVD player and he says, Look, they acknowledged me before men. Now, you know what, Father? Keep your covenant. That's what happens when you get water baptized. That DVD player sitting right there on the defense, uh, exhibit A. Yep, Jesus mine, I voluntarily follow him, willing and obedient, baptized, in and out. There it is. In court, Jesus says he'll do that. He'll, tell, he'll say, no, nah, no, nah, objection. You can't put that sickness on him. Objection, no lack. No, lack is not part of the covenant. Right? Well, how do you know that? Because look over in um, 1 John 2. It's, it spells it out that he's our advocate or our defense attorney. 1 John 2 and verse 1 says this, My little children, these things I write unto you that you, may not, that you sin not. Remember what sin is? Just you settled for less. That you wouldn't settle for less than God's perfect will. If any man settles for less than God's perfect will, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Who, you were water baptized, so you acknowledged Him before men. Now He's going to acknowledge you before the Father in court. If you did settle for less, and you were publicly, you said, no, I'm Jesus' disciple, he's going to publicly in court say, no, no, no. Hey, you know what? Don't worry. No, no. 
the perfect will right now, God. Riches, honor, and life. Bring it. Contingent on 1 John 1, 1.9, which says if you acknowledge that you settled for less, right? if we confess our sin, if we acknowledge that we settled for less, then He'll fix it. But if you don't even realize you, you settled for less, you can't acknowledge it, and you're not going to Jesus to get Him to fix it. That's why He said confess, confess that you settled for less than riches, honor, and life. Most people, we don't even, body of Christ, we ain't even taught that riches, honor, and life belongs to us, so how can we even realize that, it, that we're settling for less? We think it is God's will that I'm sick. God's trying to teach me something. I know He can heal me, but He must be trying to teach me something. No, I'm going to try and teach you something today. Sickness ain't from Him. You've got an advocate with the Father, defense attorney. Hell, you better get that sickness off him. He's one of mine. She's one of mine. Get it off her. That's what happens when you're water baptized. What you're doing is you're getting evidence locked up there so that they can show that DVD in court. Alright? Is that good? Okay, let's go to Luke 12, because there's something else that happens. See, it's like a double shot Tuesday, only a Sunday. Luke 12. This is even, I like this one too. That one's good. This one's good. Luke 12 and verse 7, Jesus talking. It's in red. He said, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more value than many sparrows. Well, that right there should get you jumping anyway. Okay. Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess or acknowledge me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess or acknowledge before the angels of God. Oh, hallelujah. You know, God's up there in the throne and all. I don't know if He could come down and really help me. I mean, that's nice that He hands out the judgment. But you know who these guys are? This is all the deputy marshals in heaven. This is heaven's seal team. Jesus said, nah, hey, you know what? He tells the Father, no, they're mine. They were water baptized. They, oh, I'm Jesus's. Then he turns around to heaven's seal team and he says, boys, sick them. Get out there and help them. Right? Look over in Hebrews 1. Look at all the angels. Yeah, he dispatches angels on your behalf. It's huge when you, when you publicly say, no, I'm going to be your disciple. When you set the course of your life to go after Jesus, not only does he tell the Father, but he tells the angels, go help them out. Look in verse 13 of Hebrews 1. He said, But which of the angels did he say at any time, Sit on my right hand, that I'll make your enemies my footstool? Then he tells you the job of the angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Remember, salvation is not being born again. Salvation means I'm getting physically rescued. I'm an heir and I need physical rescue. Jesus said, Hey, they acknowledge me before men and women on earth. Boy, sick them! Go get their hiney out of the fire. And here goes heaven's seal team. Yeah. Them boys mount up, get their gear, night vision goggles, all that stuff. They got their MP5s. They're, they ain't taking no trash from anybody. How many know when hell sees those boys coming up? Highly trained, disciplined fighting force. They run! If you're some just little cheesy cancer demon, and here comes a whole seal team of heaven's angels coming after you, dispatched by Jesus himself. I'd run. <laughs> Woof. That's what happens when you're water baptized. It has nothing to, do, nothing to do with being born again. What you're doing is saying, I'm setting the course of my life for discipleship, and I'm telling I don't care who knows it. I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. That's Elf. Y'all better get that video before the series is up. 
Hallelujah. Well, hey, look. You know what? There's another good angel one. Look over here in Psalm 91. Y'all probably even know this one. Y'all be like, how does he work in like elf into a baptism? Listen, you know that's God, alright? Man can't pull that off. Look over here in Psalm 91. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Why? Because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. What's he saying? He's saying because you pickled yourself. You know these pickles live in this vinegar? They made this jar their habitation. He said because you got pickled. You made the Lord your habitation. What happens? There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Why? Because He'll give His angels, that's heaven seal team, you know, MP5s and all that, charge over thee to keep you in all your ways, and they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash your foot against a stone. You ever dash your foot against a stone and be like, well, where were you boys? Were you sleeping? All contingent on you making this your habitation. All contingent on you being overwhelmed with the vinegar and the dill. All contingent on you being in the jar, not out. In fellowship with the body. Now remember, the longer you're in the jar, the better a pickle's going to be. You understand? On the... And don't be just jumping in there and then jumping out. We'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Now, there is some symbolism of what happens with water baptism that Paul talks about. Okay, so go to Romans 6. And I'm going to, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of jet through this because i got some more stuff at the end that I want to wrap up together, okay? But this is what happens. You know, we saw what happened behind the scenes in heaven with water baptism. But here's the symbolism of it. This is why we go in the water and we come back out. That's why we believe in immersion, not just sprinkling. He said, therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. Blup, 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 blup. Glad they didn't leave me there because we would have just stayed in death. He said, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, blup, 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 by the, Father, the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. So this is the symbolism that I'm, I died with Him in sin when I'm under the water. And when I come back up, I'm walking in the newness of Zoe. That's the life of God. It's not your heart beating that keeps you alive anymore. It, you know what? You don't even got to eat. Food ain't keeping you alive. It ain't sleep. What's keeping you alive? The Zoe life of God. The very thing that keeps Jesus alive and God alive, He put it in you. And what you're doing, the symbolism of that is, I'm dead to the old sin. My old man, no, dead. Gone. When I come back up, Zoe. That means when I walk into a room, the life of God, the Creator of the universe, walks into a room with me. Hallelujah. Now, the life of God's on the inside of me. Do you, how many, do you think that there's like, you know, cancer in heaven? No. Could, could it stay in heaven? No. Why? Because it couldn't stay against the presence of God. Is that not right? right? That same presence is on the inside of you, and that's what water baptism symbolizes. When we come back up, I want you to keep that picture in your mind. You play the DVD over. No sickness, no disease, no lack can stay in your body or in your presence because that life of God is on the inside of you. It ain't your heart beating that keeps you alive anymore. It's the life of God. 
It ain't your checkbook that's getting the bills paid anyway. What is it? The life of God, because God's your source. My God will supply all your needs. My God will complete all your business. Keep this picture. When you were water back, man, if you got it, you're in a crunch, when you went down, and you came back up, play that through your mind. Guess what? I came back up, sickness. Get off me. I got the life of God on the inside of me, and I'm reminding myself physically, I ain't going back there. That person is dead. The one that, you know, allows sickness in their body, that one's dead. Remember, blah, 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 blah. When I came back up, newness of life. I was raised up again with Jesus, and I had the same life on the inside of me that Jesus had when he came up from the dead. That's what goes on with this. Turn to Colossians 2. In verse 12, Paul says this, Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who raised Him from the dead. And that's why that verse over in 1 John 4, 17 says that as Jesus is, so are you in this world. See, water baptism, what it does is puts ourselves, we did something physical. Because we're physical beings, we're natural beings. It's hard for us to just, just do stuff in the Spirit. What happened in the spiritual is mirrored with water baptism. Boom, I'm dead to sin just like Jesus did. I'm dead with Him in sin. He paid the price for it so I don't have to. I come back up, bang, I'm the same as He is. Is Jesus sick? Is He having a hard time paying His car payment? Is Jesus Hummer going to get repo? You shouldn't either. Is He worried about you know gas being $4 a gallon? You shouldn't either. Because it don't matter if it's $100 a gallon. Is that going to break God's bank? If He got to you know, give you 100 you know, dollars a gallon to fill up your tank instead of four or two or 50 cents? No. They'll just raise your allowance. It's all right. It's your daddy. Just go to him and say, hey, you have a cost of living, Father. You've got to, you know, ante up with some more cash. That's what he wants you to do? That's what happens with water baptism, okay? Now let's, i got a couple minutes left. Can we wrap up these confusing scriptures that Jesus gave in the Great Commission? All right, so go to Matthew 28. In verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power or all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Now, people think, Oh, now look what happens. Yeah. Now, what did he say? He said to go make disciples. Does going in the water and coming back out, does, that make you, does a disciple make you be? No. He said, what makes you a disciple? He said, when you're immersed, when you're pickled, remember pickled? When you're pickled in the name. Now, look, the Greek word for that is, is it's character. You know, on Friday night we're studying the names of God, but we call the series the character of God because every name that he has gives a character trait. See, in our culture, name don't mean character anymore. With God, it means character. That's why he tried to change names of people to get the character trait that he wanted in them. Abram went from Magdaddy to Abraham, father of many nations. Israel went from, or Jacob went from supplanter to Israel, prince who has power with God and has prevailed. God, let's just name some names of the Father. El Shaddai. We all know that one. Don't we? We've been studying for six months. The God who's more bountifully supplies you with more than enough. When you're, yeah, El, mighty God. Elohim, the Creator, three. What Elohim? Covenant making and keeping God. All those names: Jehovah Jireh, 
the self-existing one who sees ahead and provides for you. Jehovah Rapha, the one self-existing one who's healed you. You want to be a disciple? Get pickled in the character of the Father. When you get pickled by the character of the Father, now you're on your way to being a disciple. When you get pickled in the name or the character of the Son, what's some names of the Son? King of kings? Who's the king that He's king of? Us. Lord of lords? Prince of peace? Nothing broken? Nothing missing? When you understand the character of the Son, immerse yourself in that. Get pickled. Get that vinegar. See, there's more than just one ingredient here. There's dill, there's vinegar, and there's water. What's the next one? The character of the name of the Holy Spirit. What's some names of the Holy Spirit? The comforter? Teacher? Helper? Guide? All those things. When you immerse yourself in His character. Listen, you can't just... A lot of people tell me, oh, you know, i got a relationship with Jesus. What's your relationship with the Father? And what's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because you can't be a disciple unless you have a relationship with three different people. They're all three different people. If I said, well, i got a relationship with my son Drew, but I don't really have one with Jack or Michaela or my wife, how many know it's not going to be a happy time at home if I only talked to one and I ignored everybody else? Don't tell me about your relationship with Jesus. What's your relationship with the Father? Because if you're immersed with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now you can be a disciple. And when you are, that makes a good pickle. That's what Jesus is talking about. Well, how do you know, Andrew? Because he tells us the very next thing. How do you get pickled by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? How? He says in verse 20, what do you do? Teaching them. It's not dunking them. You teach them. It's the only way you can make it. You know, same thing Star Wars, right? Pad one. What are they? they spend all that time with Master Jedi. What are they doing? Learning. If you're a disciple, you're learning. It's a lifelong process. Pickle yourself with the character of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Get pickled. So when someone bites into you, you know that little, in the back of your jaw, and you ever bite into a dill pickle, and it's just kind of, yeah. Huh? All right, so that's that part. Let's go to Mark 16. In verse 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Did he say he that believeth not and baptized not will be damned? No. Remember what baptized is, is what? Pickled. You believe, you're born again. He's not talking about being born again here, he's talking about being what? Saved. What's saved? Physically rescued. I mean, no, I don't need rescuing when I'm in heaven. Will you need to be rescued from anything in heaven? No. I don't even need a Kleenex in heaven. It says he wipes your tears for you. So why all this talking about being saved, talking about going to heaven? It's got nothing to do with heaven. When you're pickled, first believe, then pickle yourself with the character of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Find out what their character is. El Shaddai. Just that one. If you could get that one down, your life would be a whole lot better. Pickle yourself, and then what? Then you'll be physically rescued from whatever you're going through. Find out what the character of God is on that issue. If you need healing, find out, is, is He a healer? 
Find out every place where the Father healed, where the Son healed, and the Holy Spirit healed. It's in there. You might have to do some work. But if you're fighting for your life, guess what? It ain't work. What about, you know, finances? Find out what's God's character on, on finances. Riches. What's the son think about finances? He became poor so you could be rich. What's the Holy Spirit think about finances? I teach you how to profit. Pickle yourself. Then you'll be saved. If you need rescuing in any bad relationships, find out what God says about a good relationship. Find out what agape is. Find out how that whole thing works. Find out that if I give agape, then I'll get a guy. If you worship, you get worship back. I'm talking to individuals now, not to God. Find out whatever area that you need rescuing in. You need Pickle yourself with that part of this character, and you will be saved. You'll be rescued physically from whatever mess you're in. Look over at Hebrews 5, and we'll wrap this up. We're early today. Hallelujah. Yeah, I did go fast, but you know what? This be, you know, tonight is a service too, and we don't have. I mean, we got. I don't want to overwhelm you with everything. You know, I'm not really. I want to get through this because today's service is the culmination of today's teaching. It's going to be special, not just because it's our first one, but because those people that are getting baptized today, heaven's videotaping that. They're getting their own little evidence. That they can say, no, and God can dispatch angels and He can testify in court to the Father. No, they're mine. It's huge. Verse 7 of Hebrews 5. Who in the days of His flesh, talking about Jesus, who had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto Him that was able to save Him from death. And it was heard that He feared. Though He were a son, yet He learned obedience by the things which He suffered. And being made perfect, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. People read that and they think, oh, see, He's talking about being born again. Salvation ain't being born again. Salvation means you're physically rescued. That word eternal, we've talked about this before, it means perpetual. It's instantly and constantly renewed. Listen, when you pickle yourself, you're baptized, Look at that last caveat. Unto all that obey Him. When you obey Him, the longer you stay in here and the longer you obey Him, it says He's the author. He writes perpetual, instantly and constantly renewed physical rescue for you every single day in real time. Perpetual rescue. Do you understand? That means when you're obeying Him, I don't have to stop and try to find out what the character of God is and what the character of the Son is and what the character of the Holy Spirit is and try and pickle myself. Now, if I'm already pickled and I'm in there and I'm obeying Him, He has to show up perpetually and pull your hiney fat out of the fire. It's not even a question. I don't have to you know, do all this confessing and commanding. No, you know what? Here's the deal, God. I'm obeying You. Perpetual rescue. Let me see your salvation. I shouldn't even have to stress over this. It ain't that hard. Because if you're pickled, you know His character. See, the hard part is you don't know His character. You don't know that He wants to save you. You don't know that He wants to rescue you. Pull your butt out of the fire. When you understand that, you don't have to go through all these mental and spiritual gymnastics and doing all this and that to get... No. Guess what? Perpetual, instantly and constantly renewed rescue every single day. In real time, minute by minute, second by second. You know what that equals? A worry-free life. Problem comes up, 
Just hit the forward button. God, you got email. Yeah. See ya. That ain't my problem. I'm obeying you. Why don't you show up with some of that perpetual salvation? But we but immediately when we hear some bad news, we start, whoo, ah, 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 you know, and do the worry and going into fits. And then we go down the list of all the adversity and affliction. Oh, here we go again. Oh, I just knew I wouldn't get ahead. Oh, things were going too well. I knew something was going to happen. Now, here comes something else. That's funny. I'm obeying God. <laughs> Whatever. Perpetual salvation, that means it's instantly and constantly renewed. That's what being baptized is. I'm pickled. When you're pickled with the Father, the Son, and the Son, when you know their character, you get all three, relationship with all three of them. Perpetual salvation. I'm rescued all, you know. It's like having, you know, your own personal little, uh, you know, oh, guardian angel, you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, not the guy on the commercial where he's like missing it all the time. The only thing he got right was use the Capital One card. No, no slackers like that. Those are the doofuses that went with Lucifer. Not that sharp. Right. Your angel ain't asleep at the wheel. Okay? God wouldn't dispatch the goofball. All right? Clarence from Wonderful Life now, you know. These guys are ripped and cut and shredded. They're highly trained warriors. Okay? Perpetual salvation. That's what we're talking about. Now, do you understand the difference between baptizing and baptism and the different baptisms? You kind of have an idea of it now? And so today, this afternoon, this is going to be huge because what it is is folks that are going to get back, they do the water baptism thing today, heaven's there with their cameras. They're captured on an image. And now we have evidence, physical evidence, that Jesus will play in court and he'll use that to dispatch the angels on your behalf. All right, y'all stand to your feet with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you for your word. Seal it in our hearts. Father, help us to get these mental pictures in our head of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you're fighting for us always, that you're always looking to make our lives better, no matter what it looks like down here, that you're working double and triple overtime to hook us up with riches, honor, and life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.